You're listening to the Platte River Bard. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Platte River Bard. This is Chris Berger. And I'm Sherry Berger. And today we are here with Murphy Wolfgar. He is the executive director of Bridget St. Bridget and Jason Levering, who is the programming director at Benson Theater. They are here to talk to us about Holiday Lights, which is a bit of a collaboration between the both, and it's between both of them, and it's going on at Benson Theater. They are writers, directors, and performers in the piece. They do a little bit of everything with this. Thank you, gentlemen, for both joining us this morning. It is yes. morning. Thank, thank you, you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Thank yeah, you. thanks. Thank you. Well, uh, we're really excited to hear about Holiday Lights and to hear what it what it is and, and how it came about. Apparently, what this started back in 2019, I was yeah. reading. Okay, so a few yeah. years old. Uh, yeah, this watch was... the trailer. A lot of tease, a lot of tease in the trailer <laughs> that you guys have online. It's a great trailer, by the way. Uh, go on Facebook and check it out. It's, it, it'll really make you want to go see it. What's uh, what's going on with this? Holiday okay, Lights. Okay, so the, the idea of Holiday Lights, like you said, started back in 2019. Uh, we performed at the B-side before Benson Theater oh. had broken ground on any construction. So there were scenes where we were in holding, waiting to come in through the front door of the B-side <laughs> diner to, uh, so we were just standing in the middle of the rubble that used to be what is now the beautiful Benson Theater. Oh, wow. Um, and so the idea was to do something that was uh, sort of an eclectic, um, like chocolates box of, of different flavors for the holidays. So it, it started out as just, I've always been enamored of uh, plays and movies and music and anything that 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 connects different things together. So okay. when you get Christmas with the backdrop of something frightening, like a Krampus story or something like that, yeah, and yeah. where you have sentiment that is very serious subject matter, but tinged with humor and there or something very funny that can then turn on a dime and be either frightening or serious. And, and so the idea was to make this sort of uh, counter programming to what would be sort of more typical holiday fare that people could enjoy the traditional pieces and then they could come see this, which would be, something they hadn't seen, which was talking about things or ideas or highlighting holidays that don't typically get highlighted at this time of year. Um, and then to sort of mash them all together in a blender, which I love to do, <laughs> and and make it just a really enjoyable experience for the audience where they could laugh and cry and and be frightened and, 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 and sort of be wrapped up in wonder um, at certain things. And... Uh, and so we, when we approached it this year to redo it again, because we actually had to cancel it last year. We were going to do it last year, oh. but because of the Omicron strain and everything else, we couldn't uh, find a space. That's one of the downsides of having, you know, no space for Bridget St. Bridget. Right. Is that, you know, if we're going to plan to do something and we were planning to do it in a more intimate way, mm -hmm. uh, you know, being mindful of our audience's health and, and all of that is... a you know, paramount important to us. So, so yeah, we had to cancel it. And so this year we started 
uh, talking about it sooner. And it's actually Jason and Moira came to me and said, hey, we want you to do this in Benson Theater. And we want to explore this this new way of doing things, which is, you know, if I could take a little side tour here and mm -hmm. bring Jason in, sure. which is the whole idea of, of what Benson Theater is. It's that it's not just another event space and that it's not a, a, a brand new, fully remodeled event space that artists like me who are, you know, poor and who don't have the resources mm -hmm. can actually afford to come in and do work. And, and they've done one better and said, okay, not only can you not afford it, but we're going to help you pay for it. We're going to help you produce it. We're going to give you the use of not just our space, but our staff nice. to help program it, to help, you know, I mean, Jason has just done incredible things where we have a flavor at Ted and Wally's that ties into the project and mm. that we have the State Farm who has been, you know, really gracious to sponsor us. And cool. um, but it's sort of we're creating a mold for a collaboration between local artists and Benson Theater. And this is sort of the pilot program to get that up and running. And I'll let Jason talk more about oh, that. Yeah. Uh, this, so like, like Murphy said, this is, this is definitely a pilot project for us. The theater has really been finding its identity during this kind of first year of operations, you know, and, and I think that's something that I don't, I don't want to say that we've struggled with, but I think that the community is still not exactly sure what Benson Theater is, what we're about. And this particular show is that that's, this is what we're about this is i think the thing that we've always kind of been driving towards is uh fully collaborating with our partners and so yeah when when we started talking with murphy about this after after the the first kind of inkling that we were going to do it moira and i sat down and and started talking about this idea of like full-on collaborations um and so when we came back to murphy that's kind of what we pitched to him was like you're not running the space from us let's do this together um and so that's kind of the model that we are taking into 2023. Um, and, and this show has been, uh, I've said this to Murphy many times over the last few weeks, this show has been such a joy to work on. Um, like this kind of collaboration is something that I just, I just really fully enjoy immersing myself in this kind of thing. And, and Murphy is such a gracious collaborator and, you know, so, um, really allowing us to actually not not just like help produce the piece but you know we like he said we're we we wrote pieces ourselves where we've we're I, moira and i are both in pieces and and uh there's a piece that moira directed as well so um this is full-on not just not just like let's do something together like this is we we created this together um and and it's it's gosh you people have got to come see this thing <laughs> <laughs> Well, the the trailer definitely makes a person want to to see it because they they want to know what it's about. So, <laughs> look, yeah, so it's very clever. Absolutely, it's definitely holiday themed and uh, not and and holiday themed. Yes, not not a specific holiday, Correct. but right. uh, because there's a lot that happens this time of year, not just Christmas. Yeah, and uh, so it looks like you're kind of getting a sampling of. Uh, many different sort of traditions and ideas, and li like you said, some are funny, some are serious, some are frightening because long tradition of of scary stories at Christmas, <laughs> Christmas Carol kind of being the most famous one, yeah. loaded with ghosts. So in 2019, I'm assuming this thing is evolves from year to year. 
that oh, this absolutely. isn't the same thing that you yeah. guys did in 2019 there's because one there's piece. all sorts of vignettes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, there's there's one piece that that I wrote in uh, 2019, right? When, and, and my dad had passed like the day before mm. uh, we started rehearsals. And oh, and then I'm this sorry. piece that I wrote just kind of came out of me. And it's and a lot of it's sort of based on, you know, him. And it, it's it's really funny. Um, it's a it's a really chance. It's an odd encounter between uh, a Jewish man coming home from an office Christmas party and he encounters, uh, let's just say, a, a creature ripped out of pagan folklore. And then they just have okay. this encounter and this conversation on a park bench. And it, it's just a really delightful little piece. And it, it just it, it surprised me how well it worked when we did it, because I thought, you know, this is really like this is really my humor and it really feels like it's out there. But the audience really responded to it. Um, and so this year when I was writing, I just really dove into that. We brought that piece back and then I dove into that idea of that style of writing and then. Um, like Jason said early on, I encouraged Jason and Moira both. Like I said, write something like do something since we're doing this together, let's do this together. And, and Jason wrote a really brilliant piece called Y2K that uh, takes place on new year's Eve, uh, a man driving in a lone road, um, uh, right as the clock turns, you know, from 1999 into 2000 and, uh, it's just a beautiful, quiet piece right in the middle of, you know, a lot of the, the chaos that is a lot of the other pieces that we're doing. And then Moira wrote this really uh, funny and touching piece about uh, these two neighbors who are basically strangers but live next door to each other. And uh, and one of them uh, slips on the ice. And so when the lights come up, they're coming in from the outside and the, the neighbor's trying to help this person get settled um, and then you start to realize something more is going on in the scene um, where the woman has you're starting to get information that this woman has just lost her husband and and there may be some sort of haunting going on at the very moment that the person is in there trying to help them. And so there's a lot of uh, back and forth between comedy and drama and um, and so so these pieces just started to evolve as we dove in together as collaborators and started to work on these things. Um, but it really did go back to the idea uh, of what of what the original Holiday Lights was like, like I, we, we take everything from Thanksgiving to New Year's and we say, okay, OK, what can we what's what's fair game? What can we play with in here? Um, and so myself being Jewish, I wanted to focus on, you know, where Hanukkah fits into all this, where being a Jew fits yeah. into being in the holiday season. And I yeah. was um, my dad was Jewish. and My mom was Catholic. So I was raised in a house with Christmas and Hanukkah and Easter uh -huh. and Passover. And sure. so I had all that stuff. And so it really shaped this really, I think, interesting outlook for me as a human being and as an artist. Um, and, and so I wanted that to be a part of this. I wanted that to be a part of the story. And then as we've worked on these pieces, even in rehearsal, we start getting things with the actors and then an actor will say something or, uh, give an idea and go, Oh, that's great. Let's do that. Let's take this detour in this script and let's rewrite it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and so we've been, these pieces have been evolving since September. Um, 
and and one of the things that we're really hoping happens with this is that people come see it and that we're this is sort of an invitation to the rest of the community if you know of a holiday or you have a voice or something that you don't see expressed here in this you know sampler of chocolates that you see up on the stage we want to work with you yeah. so you know we're hoping that this becomes a regular thing and and we can have this just really diverse array of voices and stories that 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 change every year and some of them will come back and then some of them will be brand new pieces and um but i think that from the idea that we had in 2019 which was really simple um and and really just sort of four scenes that kind of were different in tone and that dealt okay. with different things uh this is a huge leap forward from what we've done but i think we still maintain the intimacy that that it has even in like what we're doing and john forsman is the tech director at benson theater and he's just okay. done an incredible job of we're using three different video projectors so when the audience sits in there there are some scenes where it's snowing all around you so the entire oh, cool. theater walls are covered in like snow falling and it really creates this magical oh. environment where then we just we really focus on the acting and we focus on the story and so everything comes in really small and really tight and and you have this really interesting story which for me like when i direct i want the audience to lean in i don't want the actors pushing something out at the audience i don't want it being okay. big and like i want the audience to go what are they saying what oh yeah. wow okay and to sort of forget where they are and to to do that to and to all the actors are wonderful and i never i didn't know jason was an actor and he's a lovely performer um and so when we're watching these pieces and you have this incredible sort of environment that changes from piece to piece because some of them take place in 1854 in, in okay. dickensian england and some of them take place sure. right now on a park bench and some of them take place in 1999 and it's just all over the place and and so yeah, yeah it's just, it's just a i hope that people do come see it because it really is a, a a charming delightful ride and and really quite poignant in in a lot of places it's everything from halloween to to christmas time it's in so many cultures it has so many different meanings you know it's harvest it's um winter solstice it's it's you know the changing of of the hours and so yeah, hours the end of the year so, yeah. yeah yeah so there's so much rich history there yeah it doesn't feel like a coincidence that so many holidays coincide at this time of year there yeah. is something special and magical that happens when the leaves fall and things start to get cold and the sky looks different and you're in darkness longer than you're in light and yes. all of these things add up to this really sort of wondrous time of year and and then yeah across so many cultures there's so much significance to that time of year for each this one time of year um sure. and, it, and it really is interesting to to sort of put them all together in a package and say you know, here, look at some of these things, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. and and then to have the, the stories really reflect this idea of human connection. And that's really what weaves this whole thing together, because they are interconnected stories, 
by theme okay. and in some ways by characters and the things that we've done to, to move in and out of them. But it, okay. it it's about people sharing their grief with one another. It's about them sharing their love with one another. It's about discovering new relationships. It's about um, remembering old relationships. It, it, the, the core of it, the thread of it is, is connection and all the ways that we connect to each other, whether we celebrate holidays or not. Um, mm -hmm. But if you do celebrate holidays, there'll be something for you to hang your hat on, I think, in here. And if you don't, there's still a through line that's and, and, and there's still sort of this meta through line that we're actually commenting on that through the writing that what we've done is that we're, we're oh. saying this isn't just about one time of year. Like like there is this whole other piece of um, th this idea of us as a community, which really feels nice to be doing at Benson Theater and what we're trying to do with the space and, and make it be a home for wayward artists like myself to come and, and be able to work with a really, you know, experienced team who has resources. So, you know, I've been doing theater for 30 years, but, but we're trying to build a mold right now so that somebody who is a brand new artist who has never written before or never directed before and comes to them and says, Hey, I have this idea. And then Benson Theater can start connecting them with writers and directors and, mm -hmm. and cast and say, OK, let's develop this. Let's figure out where this fits and what we can do. And 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 there hasn't been something like this in Omaha that's existed to really lift up artists that way. And that's really remarkable. I, For sure. I agree. I think Omaha. Well, I think Omaha isn't as as play, playwright friendly as say Lincoln. I think Lincoln is a little bit more playwright friendly. But this is such so a fantastic idea. That. Yeah, and the way Benson is partnering and just just straight up partnering, not just hey, come rent the space. Yeah. But oh, hey, this is a collaboration. Well, now. it makes sense. I mean, the money that they would spend on licensing, they're able to invest it into, you know, their their creatives. Instead, it, yeah, local it, creatives. It's such a great setup, and yeah. and this and and in this show, I think that, well, th this kind of show sounds right up my alley anyway, <laughs> just personally for me. Um, but it's uh, especially with the movie screens, what I'm getting, and and just from a little bit of the preview, we have sort of an interactive element very for much, sure, very much to it, which is which I love. Um, I love it when uh, when uh, the uh, the performers and stuff sort of acknowledge that there is an audience out there and there's interaction and all that. Uh, I, I, that, that brings me in, even if it's just a little bit, it, it seems to really uh, bring people in and speak directly to them as opposed to maybe just at them or around yeah. them. And that's been my and, thing uh, as a director for a while now. Like I've really gotten into, I don't know, I can't remember if you saw God on trial or not, but we talked. Yes, about we did. And, that was fantastic. And setting, yes. thank you, and setting the, the the audience in the bunkhouse with the prisoners yes. and being able, like, that's how I am doing theater. So when we started approaching this piece, I walked into the space and I was like, all right, how am I going to make this intimate in this big, you know, beautiful space? And and part of it was being able to work with John and his artistry as a, as a tech director to be able to say, okay, let's bring the environment out and wrap the audience in. And then let's figure out For some sure. staging so that we're in the audience. And so the audience is around us and that kind of thing. But, but it was, it was a real uh, fun challenge to be able to do that. And, and I'm really glad to hear you say that you like enjoy that kind of thing. Cause that's really yes. like for me where, 
where my where my sort of bent on theater is headed. Like I really like that immersive experience and mm -hmm. being able to tie in like we're doing this to tie a video aspect to the, the live yeah. performance aspect and integrate them seamlessly so it doesn't seem like a thing that's just kind of chucked in there but that it yeah organic. like a gimmick or something yeah yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. fun to figure out yeah wow. i have to um john forsman i just have to throw my my two cents in about Please. that man <clears throat> we, we are uh incredibly blessed to have that man on our staff i think john forsman is probably the best tech director in this region um, mm. and, you know, and I don't say that lightly. I know that the playhouse has wonderful people over there and, and, and the sure. blue barn and, and all of that. So I'm not saying anything against those individuals, but John just has a way of, you present a problem to him and he has a solution for it, um, pretty quickly. Um, I remember the day, the first day that Murphy came in to kind of talk with John about <laughs> tech and meet him face to face after we had a few zoom meetings. Um, I was out in the lobby with someone else. And when I was finished with that meeting, I was, I was burned. I was like, I was, it was a, it was a rough day for me. I walk into the theater and these two are already creating magic on the walls. Like, it's just like, I, I walked into kind of a winter wonderland space that had Aww. also this wonderful, like we've been talking about doing like these old style commercials and that kind of thing. And that was kind of immersed in this whole thing. And it just like my spirits just immediately kicked up. Like, everything changed oh. over and I got so emotional that I had to just take a moment um, to, to just feel what that was. And I, and I could, I could also tell that uh, Murphy was kind of experiencing that, that, that same thing. So yeah, I'm uh, so used to doing so much by myself. Like I'm so used to being a one man band when I do stuff. Cause it's yeah. just, you know, our theater is really small and, and we have had, sure. you know, wonderful people who do our sets and lights and things like that. But typically when I'm doing something, I, because of my ADHD, I go, I get so down a rabbit hole on it and I get so immersed mm -hmm. in it um, that I end mm -hmm. up doing so much of it. So I came into this meeting with my little digital projector thinking, you know, I'm going to figure out a way to get video into this thing. And, <laughs> and, and the minute I walk in there, he has these beasts. He has these three, you know, beautiful state of the art video projectors. He's like, well, He's like, cool. what about this? <laughs> and then he started showing me stuff and they had, they were doing a, that shining thing that they were doing at Benson Theater. So he had the, oh, the yeah. creepy little twins up on the wall and this other thing. I was like, wait a minute, what's going on in here? And and the more he started to show me and he's just so kind, he's, he's generous and he's kind and he, he's an artist and he's, and he understands yeah. other artists. So when you're doing something He's not like you say, hey, could we do this? He doesn't sigh and go, oh, now I got to reprogram this cue and do that. He's like, yep, just give me a sec. And then he does it. And he's like, he's like this one thing, though, what if it looked more like this? I had an idea. And and it really is, again, this collaboration. I mean, yeah. I know I keep saying mm -hmm. that word and it sounds like a broken no. record, but it's really no, absolutely the not. best we come into the environment and the best idea in the room wins. Like it's everybody's voice is, is has, has the floor. And if you have an idea and we, I think we've done a really good job of creating that environment for our actors and for our crew. And so we've gotten so many ideas that we wouldn't have come up with on our own uh, because right. we've let that space be really open to it. Um, and, and you've always had to be really trans transportable. You've yeah, always had to yes. kind of set up in, in just kind of an empty space without other 
equipment. You have to bring your own kind of thing. Yeah, I'm a nomad. And this, you get to walk in and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this is a shout it's out there. to anybody who's listening to this, like from the shelter belt. Like, this is all original work that we've written for this piece. And Okay, everything is original. Yeah, okay. and when the shelter belt lost their space, like Omaha really lost something important. They lost yeah. that yes, venue do. for original work, and it was really sad right. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're still there, but they just haven't been producing stuff because I, they haven't had a space to do it. Go yeah. contact Benson Theater. If anybody from the Delta Bell is listening <laughs> to me right now, they have a venue, and it, it's a perfect fit. And, and Omaha it's a beautiful needs, space. Yeah, yeah, needs a place. Yeah. That incubator for writers is just like you said earlier, Sherry, it really is a thing that is really important and and needed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, This is one of those things that I just love. I love the interactive element to it. And especially in that uh, Benson space, which is just great. Um, God, I like the multimedia part of this. I I, I really have to see this, Um, but yeah, the, the interactive part of it and especially just going back briefly to the God on trial thing and the way that was staged, I, I, I found that very effective and, and I'm sure this will be the same uh, with staging it in and around people and interacting with stuff. It almost it, it doesn't allow you to just be a sort of passive audience member like, you know, you're sitting at home on the couch watching Netflix or something, which is the more I do live performance, the more I see that Netflix stare. Yeah. from the audience at yeah. me yeah. and and he has and, a and name for it yeah. it really is and and they're 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 watching tv man and 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 i love the interactive element because it forces them out of that it forces us as the audience out of that box yeah to go oh wait hold on there's people here and there's something over here and okay and 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 now you can't just be sort of this passive yeah you know, and it's a dance. Gonna stare it really at it. is a delicate yeah. dance, to be sure, because a lot of the audience they don't want to be messed with. So bringing them True. into the space is a right. really tricky proposition. Yes, because it unless is. it's like Rocky Horror or something where the audience has that expectation, yeah, there's there's a there's a real like people freeze up. And and one of the things that these shows <laughs> yes. encompass and that I haven't really talked about um, is. Uh, being neurodivergent like like that's a part of my artist be my artist sort of voice now and i really am a big advocate for people on the autism spectrum people with adhd and ocd and and so i i've written Mm -hmm. the the pieces um with that in mind so there's a, a lot of neurodivergent characters in there and the rehearsal process that we build that that has been evolving really caters to that idea we don't rehearse in the typical way that uh, I've been used to rehearsing. It's a much more open environment, um, and we try to be mindful of of everyone's the way they approach work, the way their minds work, when they get saturated, when they need to take mm-hmm. a breather, when I need to let them wander and and talk about something on a tangent and and not feel like oh my god we're losing rehearsal time, but let <laughs> it breathe and let people know that and. And, and about that connection thing, like we're talking about with the audience, there are people in the audience who do not want to be, that have their personal space encroached. And that is very difficult for them to yes. then yes. enjoy something if that happens. So when I bring them into that environment, I have to be really mindful of that um, and, and still hope that I, and I think I've done an okay job of it so far where it's like, okay, you're in it, but you're not being messed with. 
you're you're in this right. environment and you feel immersed in it and you feel like a fly on the wall in a room where something's yeah. happening but you, you the, the the thing that's happening isn't aware that you're on the wall and so that, <laughs> right, that's right. something that we've been really mindful of of trying to figure out too particularly that's in this new, balance, big yeah. environment yes the, the, having the audience feel like they're a part of what's going on yeah without having to actually yeah. need them to the danger of having an actor them to interact. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Because right. it is, I mean, you, you can feel like they're sometimes it's as simple as eye contact. Like some people are not comfortable with eye contact and knowing True. that and being mindful of that and then building characters into the play who are acting that way. I think like a lot of that is really mm -hmm. important for, for people to see those stories and those characters where they start to recognize like, oh, my, my coworker at the office, oh, I've always thought they were kind of weird, but now I want to throw that word out and say, oh, they might be neurodivergent. There might be, mm -hmm. I might be, I might have to adjust a little bit to make this environment a little bit better for that person rather than hoping they'd kind of be more like me. And, and, and these stories, you know, that's not, you know, I'm not shoving this down anybody's throat with the pieces, but no, hopefully no. there are pieces yeah. where people will take that away and that will be kind of a, uh, an added plus to having spent an enjoyable evening of theater. Uh, absolutely. Well, and it comes down to also being able to see, especially someone maybe who might be neurodivergent and they come to something like this and they maybe see a little part of themselves yeah. on stage and somehow... And, and I've experienced this, you, you, you see a part of yourself on stage and somehow now that makes it somehow okay in a way, or, Hey, somebody else gets it. Yeah. And now there's understanding mm -hmm. yeah. and, and somehow that's eased and somehow that's better just because, yeah. Oh, Hey, okay. And I'll give it's, away it's, somebody else besides me knows what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and I'll give away one thing so that we're doing. One of the pieces that goes throughout the whole thing, it's in four parts. It, it's, it really does speak to this, um, but it's, it's sort of a new take on A Christmas Carol. And so we open the, sh there's four different scenes. And the idea is what if Scrooge is simply neurodivergent? What if Scrooge doesn't like Christmas and doesn't want to, or has had some traumatic experience in their life that now these ghosts are all trying to force this person to relive, uh, relive all this trauma in order to change them. So, so we have this idea that the go and it's all from sort of the ghost point of view. So Scrooge is not the main character in the piece anymore. And it's the ghosts and particularly Marley trying to figure out a different way to get to the same end using different means and being very frustrated by that, dealing with Marley, dealing with their own stuff, having um, the ghost of future past, present and future all representing uh, for Easter eggs for any my neurodivergence out there. They each represent sort of another point on the spectrum. So if you're watching and keeping score at home, you can kind of see <laughs> where one character might be autistic or one might have ADHD or one and 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 how yeah. that dovetails into and and what i what, what i've tried to do is that by the end of the story you get the same catharsis you get from dickens original christmas carol but you get there through an entirely different path and with humor and with some wonder and some very serious stuff and some fear 
Um, but it, there, there's a, there's a punchline in the first scene that sets up the other three scenes. And then you, you're, so the first scene, you're kind of just watching a Christmas carol for about five minutes and then something happens and it's like, okay. And it's a joke and it feels like a one-off. And then we go to a completely different scene. Uh, we, we lights come down and you're in a different world. You're in, you know, 2021 new year's. Uh, doing the piece that Moira wrote. And then the lights come down and we come back to Dickensian England. And now we're telling a very different story, but a very similar story. And and so so that takes us through the whole evening. Those four p- points on the stop on the train uh, take us through the whole entire thing. And and I, I re- it was really like we didn't get the final pages for scene four because I wrote all of that too, um, until, until like a week ago. Um, and, 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 and you know, a shout out to all of my people who are working with me. Like they have been, like I said, I try to create an environment where everybody is open and we have this sort of more free experience when we're working and they have given the same thing back to me. Like they have allowed me to really explore the themes that I wanted to explore and do it in a way where I really wanted it to be a certain thing and have a certain voice. And they were really patient. And, you know, we spent six hours yesterday working those scenes. And by the time we were done, uh, when we ran the show last night, they were really in beautiful shape. And I'm just, I cannot thank everybody in the cast enough for, for giving me that grace (laughs) and time to be able to, to do that, to have that kind of expression. And, um, I, I really think the audience will see something they, they it'll be like watching something really familiar but going wait a minute this is completely different and yeah. yet I feel very much comfortable with this story I and 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 it's mm-hmm. it's just a lot of fun I, I hope it's as much fun for people to watch as it has been for us to to build wow. yeah I and I, I'll say too I the way that Please. Murphy stitched all, everything together um, from from the Dickensian piece to the to the other four pieces that that are kind of without throughout the show, I, and I and I didn't really like start putting these pieces together until the beginning of this week. But where the other four pieces are placed, perfectly fit with what either came before or or is coming next. They're really like each of those other four pieces are complements on the 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 Dickensian piece that runs through it. Uh, in it's it's strange because each of them are almost a retelling of what you just saw or are about to see in a completely different way. So if you really are paying attention, everything fits together. Everything is 100 percent connected because of the way that Murphy put everything together. So I just oh, hats off to, to you. So. It's a concept oh, album. It's oh. like Pink Floyd's The Wall. It's like you could take, <laughs> yeah, I say, you I could take a track yes. out and it works. Like you could just listen to a track and it's like, that's a great story. Yeah. That was really cool. But as a whole, like if you listen to the whole album, you're like, oh, wow. Oh, it's a completely cool. different experience. Yeah. Exactly. And it's a, yeah, it's more, yeah. I love the idea of a different, because everyone loves Dickens. Um, well, most people love Dickens. There's a lot of people that really don't like Dickens at Christmas time. And I, I don't understand all of the controversy around it. Just, just that, uh, I I don't understand all the controversy, but I like, I like the idea that it's a different take because everyone still loves that story and the meaning of that story. And it sounds like you're taking that meaning and keeping the meaning and changing 
um, parts of the story to yeah, be and that's even the, more inclusive. And, and we kind of comment on that throughout too. Like, like there, there is justifiable backlash to, to, you know, underrepresentation and all of that stuff. And so, yeah. so Dickens piece and things like that, I, I thought long and hard before I put it in the show, I was like, do I want to do this? Because, and I thought, yeah, because the, the themes are what's really interesting to me. And then mm. making the representation yes. of the characters different and making the story different and trying to. So if people don't like Dickens and don't like that story, I think they'll like this. And, yeah. and for like people who sure. do like it, I think they'll still get the hit they were looking for from that. Yeah. And, and that was why it took me yeah. so long to write, because it really was this thing I was trying to weave to, to really invite both those people both those those perspectives to be able to come and yeah. enjoy this piece and and i i hope we've done it and we'll see what you know the audience says but yeah i, I was really it's, mindful it of sounds, that yeah. it sounds amazing i think it's got to be hard um especially for christmas plays to make them inclusive and that's that's got to be difficult to 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 write because there's so many different people to include i mean i think yeah. we're getting to the point where we're forgetting about <laughs> we're forgetting about older women over 50 yeah. <laughs> and, but you know what i mean and our yeah you and have our to scrooge, think about so much our scrooge is a woman and uh it's oh. her name is ebenezer Yay. ah at the end it is different and there is that that element to it and one of the things that we're doing with this is um, and it'll be on the screen when people are in the pre-show and in the intermission is if you have a story and your voice, we want it. We want to include it. So this yeah. this presentation is like sort of our present, you know, me presenting my artistic voice to the audience and saying, I, I really this is this is what I could write from my unique perspective of being Jewish and having ADHD and and being in that place, this is the best I could do. And this is how much I could authentically speak to, but I want other voices and other collaborators to come in and join me and Jason and Moira and everyone else at Benson theater yeah. and Bridget St. Bridget to, to be able to then tell their story and, and do the same mm -hmm. thing and weave it into this whole tapestry of an evening where we're, we're everybody feels like they're seeing a little bit of representation for themselves at the holidays. Yeah. So I don't think I didn't I don't think I knew that uh, Moira wrote. Yeah. Is this something new for her? She no, she's she's written some things before. Um, okay. And she she wrote a piece for the original Holiday Lights in 2019. She oh. had written. A, OK, it was a screenplay. It was a short film that she had written and sent to me. Um, uh. And then when we thought about doing Holiday Lights in 2019, I don't know. If, I can't remember if it was her or me who said that that screenplay would work on stage we could do that and so we did it and then this year when we did it when we first had the conversation Moyer was like well you write it here's an idea you write it. I said well why don't you write it it's your idea you should write something and then I knew Jason was a writer um I didn't yes. know he was an actor yeah. I'm giving him a shout out again for yeah. I, 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 I saw him performer. do a little bit a few years ago but he was just a fill-in so uh, yes <laughs> I think that's fantastic but yeah but I knew he was a writer too because I had I remember when he did The Shining and did that adaptation the Stephen King adaptation and, yeah. and then directed it and so I knew he had those other skill sets and but yeah Moira is she's a, a really nice she really uh, is a really good writer 
Um, and oh, she's a, a wonderful, gracious writer because the actors came in and started adding a whole bunch of stuff. And ah. she was so open to it and she was so welcoming of it. And they, it really Ooh, helped them cool. own the piece. Um, cool. And, it, and, and it, it's a, it's the, it's that bang the bread piece. It's the second piece. So there's a lot of Irish, uh, um, a flavor to it and a lot of uh, Irish okay. superstitions and it's a that one oh, yeah. I was talking about that there being a haunting and yeah. Um, yes and yeah so it's it's a really uh she she really is a, a, a she we know that she's an incredible performer she's one of my favorite actors to watch on stage um she's just yeah. so real and I just yeah. enjoy watching her and she, she's one of those people that could read in the phone book and I would be like yeah Okay. This is yeah. Very. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I love the idea of, of all these different stories for Christmas and, and finding them in the past. I think, uh, I, I think just normal mainstream Americans don't realize just how different that it's been in the past and this time of year and what it's, what it's meant to, uh, to different people. And, you know, you see Jesus is the reason for the season. Well, that only started happening, I think only in the last I think that saying happened <laughs> happened in the last what thirty years or something yeah, like that yeah. thirty forty years. Um, there was so much that came before that, and it's uh, it's just such an interesting yeah. It's been idea. really fun to weave in these other superstitions mm-hmm. and these other things. And for me, yeah. like I said, being Jewish, like to have that representation and and the neurodivergent thing, not just to have the holidays, but how we process those holidays is different right. for each one of us. And there are people who don't like family gatherings, and that's okay. It's totally yeah. acceptable, and that's totally a, a perfect way to live your life. Um, and to have more understanding built around that is, I feel, really important. And so even in that piece I was talking about where the the, the Jewish guy coming home from the Christmas party, you know, meets this pagan character from folklore, they yeah, there's it. this idea <laughs> that by the end, and it's really funny, like it's, it's, it's one of the funniest sort of straight up comedic pieces yeah. we have. Okay. Um, but by the end of it, I think you know a little more about what it is to be a Jew. Like I really do. There's in within the jokes, cool. like you understand that Hanukkah is not really a big holiday for Jews. Like no, it's not. Yeah. I was shocked. I I, I, I I grew up. I had a, one of my best Adam friends. It's all Adam Sandler's right? fault. Well, no, I mean I, one of my best friends was Jewish growing up, and I would get invited to Hanukkah and all that, and they were like, "Yeah, it's Hanukkah." Yeah. And it's like, well, this. I mean, it's like. We it's Christmas quit. time, man. Yeah. They're like, ah, it's not Passover or Rosh Hashanah. Or I know. Or it's it. like, yeah, it's you know, yeah. come over, have some potato pancakes. It's not the deluxe holiday. And so, so like the idea is, by the end of the piece, you've laughed, you know, hopefully a lot, um, and learned a little something <laughs> yeah. too about pagan folklore at the same time. Um, Which is and cool. so, and it all awesome. under this setting of like, it's Christmas time. And now we're going to learn mm-hmm. about Jews and now we're going to learn about yeah. pagans and we're going to, you know, and we're going to yeah. learn about all this other stuff. And, and I really am excited mm-hmm. in the future to see what other voices and holidays we can add into the mix and really sort of educate yeah. people about. Well, and oh, go ahead. Good. So uh, the, the piece that Jason wrote, uh, I was curious because yeah. it references a very specific point in time, the whole and for those of us who are alive at that point, and I know there may be some that at this point weren't, um, that 99-2000 crossover was was quite the sort of moment in time. Yeah. And uh, it really was very different from how we are now. And I'm curious 
why did you go to that moment in time for for your story? Because it's that's it's very specific. Um, you know, I I you know obviously remember uh, Y two K and the the craze and the the, the, oh, the scary God, yes. like everything's going to shut down. We're we're all going to die. You know. Um, yeah, you know, all, all the technology is going to stop, and we're going to—it's zombies. Uh, and yes, um, and so I, so I remember that panic, um, but I also remember—I um, remember the day that I sat down at my very old computer and moved the calendar forward to the year two thousand to see if the damn thing would actually crash, and it didn't. <laughs> it's like this is bullshit. <laughs> um, so. So that that moment in time was kind of sticking in my head when we were talking about um, uh, uh, creating new pieces for for holiday lights, and initially the piece that I started writing, um, you know, it was set during that time because there are things that happen to this man, uh, this person on their journey in in the car where things do start shutting down. Things start go, getting really dark and, and, and you're not really sure exactly what's going on. There's, there's a moment at the very beginning of it that kind of informs a little bit of what's to come, but you're not exactly sure what happened there. Um, it, this also initially, like it was, it was initially an aliens piece at the end of it. He was going to be like, abducted and, and it was very much leading down that that path and that's not the you know the as i was writing it that's not the direction it went it just went okay a different yeah. um direction and so the 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 y2k piece of it allows it to 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 be connected to the holidays but the 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 actual story okay. truthfully the actual story is a little bit of a love letter to my wife um and so uh, without revealing too much, um, there, sure. there's a piece of it at the end that I had written it as it was going to be a short story. And I'd written this, this, this piece and I never, you know, I never got the, the other pieces of the short story around it. You know, I just, I had that one piece and I really liked it. And, and I, I did actually give that piece to my wife uh, uh, recently. It's just like, a, you know, I wrote it in a card for her. Um but it's it was one of those things that I just I wanted to do something with it, and so then I started uh, I put I inserted that that piece of of dialogue into this, and then I started building the story out from it um, that way. Uh, and okay. so yeah, it's it's definitely um, and my and my wife doesn't know that, so when she comes to the show, <laughs> hopefully she'll recognize that piece and recognize oh. that that's for her. Oh, so, that'll um, be very but, sweet. Yeah, that's uh, wonderful. So, that's that's kind of where my piece ended up going is is yeah cool. it's it's a definitely a dark journey but it's it's overall it's a love letter oh how neat very nice and how did you get started writing jason you've just been doing this for a long time i think <laughs> i mean can you kind of i know you've probably acted but then you went probably right into playwriting because mm -hmm. it seems like you've done this a while. yeah you know the the last time i i seriously acted um, was when I moved to Omaha in, uh, 98, 99. Um, wow. there was, uh, there was a, the blue barn was doing this round midnight series at the time. Um, and I was in one of those shows, like I'm trying to remember, I think the name of it was boy Elroy. It was about, uh, 
all of these comic book <laughs> characters um, that were twisted and dark. And like, I played Archie and like Archie. Okay. Yeah. My, my character of Archie got abducted um, in the show. <laughs> so it was, it was really wild and fun, but that was really the last time that I, that I acted. I, uh, I kind of, you know, started drifting away from it and I got, more more involved in like some film stuff and that kind of thing and then ended up mm -hmm. several years wow. later kind of really launching into the film festival with with mark and jeremy um the writing piece has always been something like even as a kid i remember writing batman comics for myself oh yeah um batman was was my my favorite comic book character still is you know um yeah. and, and so that's just a piece that i've just always carried with me and the first, the first serious uh, piece that I completed was when we got the opportunity to do The Shining in 2013 um, for, for the theater as okay. a fundraiser. Um, and then from there, I just continued, like, I, I, I knew that if I didn't continue writing that I, I would, you know, I would go crazy. So I just have continued to write right. since then. Um, and. Wow. Uh, the the piece that I that I'm most proud of writing is actually the one that I, that I uh, had in the fringe in 2019, which I'd like to, which I'd like to actually give to Murphy and have him read and and potentially uh, potentially act in. Mm. But it was a piece that I wrote about Robin Williams, um, and oh. it's uh, it's called Hummingbird. It's it's set kind of it's not specifically Robin. It's a piece of fiction, but it's very much drawn from his life drawn from his comedy drawn from that last night um and yeah. kind of what was going on with him and i did a lot of research like his his death hit me pretty hard which is strange yeah. to say because obviously i didn't know him but no but i no, i understand i was right i'm right there with yeah you. yes yeah. um and so yeah i you know it was one of those things where i i don't know that i necessarily felt called to write something but i was in that in between period between you know uh, the Shining and and wanting to dive into something new and um, it was actually kind of my wife's suggestion that I write something that's closer to what I what I knew and and and, and understood and mental health is something that I certainly understand from from my my background uh, um, as a social worker for many years um, and okay. Robin had just passed and it was just like gnawing at me. Um, so I did all of this hmm. research before I even started writing and, and actually had a, a much better understanding of what, what really was going on with him when, when he, when he passed and kind of had a better idea of maybe why he died in the way that he, in the manner that he did. Um, and so I yeah. did my best to kind of infuse that into this piece and it takes place, it takes place really inside his mind, but it's like the night of, and he's trying to create new material and he's pretending like he's got an audience in front of him and he's messing with them. And then oh, he wow. kind of like gets sucked out of that into all of these old memories. Um, hmm. And that it just kind of spirals towards what ended up happening. But the way that the, the sure. play ends, I think is more hopeful, hopefully. Yeah. That well, sounds fantastic. We all grew up with him, and if if even Ugh. if he knew that he was inspiring people, um, it, you know, in the creative field, he would love that. Oh, he I'm sure. Oh, is that a knows. full length so two hours play? It's a uh, it's a full length. It's a one it's a one act. I mean, it could be broken into two acts, but yeah, it would be probably about eighty minutes long. Cool. Okay. So yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. share it. No, I'll share was, it with yeah. you. Yeah, I'd love to read. Yeah. 
that was a big deal. Yeah, he was a big childhood hero and uh, of mine. And when I was little, I was a little spaz, little ADHD kid. <laughs> and for somebody watching Mork and Mindy in mm. grade school and watching an adult, and he was on other shows Robin, too. Before Robin that. Williams doing what he's doing, it it made it it made it okay to be weird. Yeah, it made it okay to be to be like that because he was just like that. And look how great he is. And I think I was the only person on the planet that was ecstatic that Jonathan Winters was joining the. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think yeah. I, that was like the greatest thing I thought ever, and it was. And I still go back and watch those clips of those two just being ridiculous together, and it was so much fun. But yeah, that was huge. He was he was a big part of my of my young life, and just sort of made it okay to be a crazy weird kid. Just and it was okay because he was so great. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, see, look, right, you can be like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was something okay. to look up to. Yeah. It, it wasn't was, just it really okay, was. it was something to aspire to. I know, yeah. it was. He was wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, He was absolutely wonderful. I love the idea that you're bringing this back to the fact that we are all connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well connected, yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah, all of I this, love that. There's, there's a reason why this time of year, this particular change of season from fall to winter, so much happens. There's so much going on, even before modern society. Uh, always, there was always something going on this time of year, something special. The And I don't know whether it's just because everybody feels like it's sort of an ending of things and they're waiting for the renewal of spring or what it is, but there's always a mood shift and there's always some kind of strange connection this time of year i don't know how you would explain it or i think it's why the movies are such a powerful thing when the lights go down in theater in the movies whatever at this time of year it gets dark and when the lights go down something happens and it's like hardwired into us there is this archetypal response i feel to the the magic and the mystery of the dark yeah. And maybe it's that whole sitting around the campfire yeah. thing. Cause how, I mean, that's yeah. it's gotta be as old as it gets for us. Right. Sure. <laughs> and there you are surrounded maybe by darkness. You don't know what's two yeah. feet away from you. You only know the connection you have with those other people around that fire. Like it's mm-hmm. that storytelling. That's the whole shebang for me right there. Yeah. Like that's yeah. the perfect metaphor for it. Yeah. Well, well I love how you brought in some of the pagan folklore because for them, exploring the dark side of your personality is something that um you know doing that doing that work finding out why you feel a certain way or you think a certain way and that dark side of you and it kind of correlates to this time of year so that's interesting that you bring that in the pagan stuff isn't really even dark like it's not like that's where like a lot of the christmas stuff that we celebrate now like a lot of the religions are based on these old pagan religions and so it it was about celebration it was about joy it was about yeah like there's a big misconception about you know all of that too so it's really been fun to, sure. to not just write a joke, but then to go down the rabbit hole on research and go, okay, where's mm-hmm. this joke? If this, if there's somebody in the audience who does like celebrate the solstice or is Wiccan or whatever their deal is, they can find some element of truth mm-hmm. in this joke. I'm not just going to use it to get a laugh, but I'm going to find out what yeah. the actual legit thing is and then try to get mm-hmm. a laugh using that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
yes, yes, yes. So there's an honesty to the whole thing, I think, and a vulnerability to the whole, uh, like, you know, Jason was just talking about, like, that's such an intimate thing about Y2K for you. Like, that's such a personal, intimate experience. Um, one yeah. of the, the other really sort of quiet, serious pieces we have is called Old Sai Lang. And it's um, a riff on Old Lang Syne. <laughs> yeah. And it's about dementia. And it's just on a park bench. And it's just, uh, and it's very much my life. It's very much my experience with my father dealing with dementia. So there's a character that mm. is my dad. There's a character who's sort of an amalgam, amalgamation of some of my siblings. And then there's a caretaker. And, and the caretaker is a little bit me, but a lot of the caretakers who I saw come in and okay. deal with that situation and how it's, it's easier for somebody who's not a family member, doesn't have all of that investment in all of that emotion to come in and be able to work with that person. Because my dad had dementia with Louis bodies, which isn't just like, oh, I forget who you are. He always knew who we were. He was seeing imaginary people. He was seeing like there was some guy he always referred to that was coming to the house and tormenting him and like banging mm. on the walls and moving things around in the house. And and wow. it really frightened him. And it and it was yeah. a genuine like to what to not understand dementia, to not understand the significance or the difference of what dementia with Louis bodies is. And then yeah. to go through it with my father was really a life changing experience for me. It changed how I am as a person on a fundamental sure. level um, yeah. and and caring for him and and dis, disagreeing with my siblings and all the stress that it put us through, then yeah. being able to take all of that and put it into the piece and write something that doesn't judge anybody. So if you're watching it and you're yeah. the person who's suffering from memory care issues, whether it's dementia or Alzheimer's or whatever, whether you're the family member dealing with you know, a person who has those things or whether you're somebody yeah. who has had interactions with a caretaker or is themselves a caretaker. It's kind of like Jason said, it was his was a love letter to that. Mine was a love letter to caretakers, really, and to anybody yeah. who's dealing with that. For so it's sure. just this 15 minute little vignette that nice. is really poignant and emotional and really personal to me. Um, and so there, there is, I think, now that I'm like talking about it out loud, there is this vulnerability and honesty through all of this, even the Scrooge stuff, like bringing that neurodivergent stuff into it. Right. Um, and, 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 and it, I think that really comes through the, the one thing that I feel like is that trumps the magic of the, the artistry that John has brought to the tech is the vulnerability, the, just the presence mm -hmm. of these actors in these pieces yeah. Um, really just bearing themselves and and inviting you in for a laugh for a cry for you know and and it and and that honesty is what really makes it work and to say that it, everybody whatever your background is wherever you're coming from if yeah. you're religious if you're not religious whatever it is you should right. still walk away feeling like that that community that sense of we are all yeah. on this spinning blue rock together and whatever right. we agree with or disagree with, and right now in the world, you know, we all know how how much divisiveness there is. To really sure. knuckle right. down and try to write something and try to put something together that's about connectivity yes. is really yeah. profound and important, I think, to all of us working on it. And, and it's been, um, we've had a lot of challenges too. Like we've had a lot of ups and downs and people yeah. getting sick and, you know, other stuff uh, and losing yeah. cast members. Oh, yeah. and. 
And then, you know, really being able to pull it all together. It's been a really cathartic kind of experience by the end of it too, to get us to this point. Um, Yeah. And there's just, there's just, we're, it's all out there on the field. Like when you come see the show, (laughs) it's just, we're just (laughs) all out there, you know, it's just there. Perfect. I love it. No, I love it. Uh, I, 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 I love everything about this. Um, I got to see this. This is so up my alley. (laughs) And, um, I, uh, and I really like the fact that now, and you know, that you guys have put together, um, your team have, have put together, uh, an original sort of, uh, show that, uh, not only is sort of, in, uh, sort of all in, you know, inclusive of, of the holiday season, uh, but really tries to, um, include everyone. Uh, and like you said, Mm-hmm. especially now especially yeah. now yeah. i think more important than ever can we can we try to find how we're all similar can <laughs> we can we try to do that again yeah because that 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 would sure be nice yeah, <laughs> yeah to include and, and to invite for to invite people to come include themselves the next time around we please do if you dig yeah. this if you dig the vibe and you dig what we're trying to do here and you like the stories and the whole evening and you have a voice you want to share and add to it, contact us. Yeah. We yeah. will find a way. <laughs> this is, no, this is absolutely can't miss. Down at the Benson Theater, it is Holiday Lights, L-I-T-E-S, from the 9th to the 11th and the 15th through the 18th. Down at the Benson Theater, of course, a beautiful, beautiful space. Uh, yeah. If you haven't been to the Benson Theater at all, just go on General Principle just to check it out. Right. It's such a it's such beautiful. a great place, um, and Holiday Lights is is got to be can't miss holiday time. And uh, it's neat that you guys have brought this back again and once again all original, which makes it even better. Yeah. In just in my book, oh yes, written by locals even better on top of that mm-hmm. um i love talking to you guys i know though. and i and i just don't want to spoil any more of this go see it watch the preview on facebook on the benson theater facebook page and then go see it uh once again thank you so so yes, much jason levering who is the programming director at benson and murphy wolfgar who is the executive director at bridget st bridget they are just two of the gentlemen that are putting this wonderful piece together thank you so yes, so thank much. you and congratulations on your collaboration thank yes you. It's great. thank you for having us yeah <laughs> always thank you awesome. and merry christmas yes yeah <laughs> Uyula Shalom. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Thank you for listening and supporting the arts in the Platte River area and beyond. Please subscribe to our podcast so you are sure to catch all of our future episodes and join us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Music for this podcast was used with permission by Screaming Skull Productions. See you next time on the Platte River Bard.